All right, everybody, this is uh, Michael Spencer. Hey, you know, I'm going to uh, tell you my background today, kind of my origin story, just because I want you guys to know who you're listening to, who's talking to you, so that you can kind of get an idea for why I'm not crazy. So where I'd like to start is back in college. I went to, B to BYU. I had a great time there. I got good grades. I studied and I was in the library all the time. I was in, uh, you know, I was in some uh, some clubs. I was in the swing dance club there. I really had a great time doing that. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting things is that um, down at BYU, they uh, you know they joke about uh, how if you don't get married when you graduate, you get your tuition back, and so that's kind of a funny way of uh, of putting it. When I graduated from college, to my uh, mother's dismay, I was not married. You know, I dated a lot. I had a girlfriend for three years, but it just, I don't know, it just never had worked out. And so when I graduated, uh, I was kind of in a funk, and I, uh, I didn't really have a lot going on. As a matter of fact, I was in kind of a dead-end job. Um, I had started a business that, uh, you know, I was trying to convince myself was not a abysmal failure, and I didn't really have a relationship, and so, in general, I kind of felt like I was just in a bad place, you know, I mean, it was, I was just, I don't know, I was just in a funk, have you ever been like that, where you just, you know, you don't really know, you know, why something's wrong, or if it's ever going to get better, you just kind of, I don't know, you're just in a rut, you know, and so that's kind of where I was, I was just kind of, kind of stuck, you know, and so I had a friend who was, who I knew from the swing dance club, and she was awesome, she, uh, she was super fun, she was, uh, she was one of those people that just everybody liked, you know, you're just kind of drawn to her, just because she was so nice, so friendly, so fun, and one day when I was, uh, you know, in a particularly down mood, she called me and was like, hey, why don't you come to this uh, this luau that, you know, me and my roommates are putting on, you know, kind of get out, get out and come over and have a fun time. And so, of course, I said no. <laughs> you know, that's, just, that's just where I was at the time. I was, uh, I was in, uh, you know, a really sad place. And so I turned her down. And uh, she was like, all right, okay, whatever. Anyway, so my roommates were going to go to that party, right? And so, you know, they kind of were like, hey, Michael, what's going on, dude? Why don't you just come to this thing? And and so, yeah, so I ended up going. I drove myself just because I was like, you know, if this is no good, I don't want to be stuck there. And so, yeah, so I go to this party. And, uh, you know, I it was my first... One of my one of my first luau's I'd ever been to, so it was really kind of interesting to see, you know, the pig on the, on the spit and stuff like that. But this place was just crazy. You know, there were people everywhere, and seeing so, you know, I walked in and, you know, I stayed for a little while. It's just there were so many people. It just was like overwhelming to me, and so I'm not really much of a social person, and so, you know, I uh, I decide okay, this is a little too crazy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head home. So I turn around. And I start heading for the door, and just as I'm about to, to walk out of the house, the door opens, and this girl walks in, and my heart just exploded. I just was blown away. This girl was absolutely beautiful. And the funny thing is, I'd actually had a class with her about, uh, 
gosh, I don't know, five, five years before that, it was a marriage prep class. I mean, come on, it's BYU, right? <laughs> you get, you get points for going on dates. And I, I had, uh, I remember, remembered her from that class. She sat behind me and, uh, I never, I think I had only spoken to her once, but uh, I just remember she was just an absolute knockout. She was super nice from my, uh, my conversation with her, but it's kind of one of those things where, uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, uh, you know, I was just about to work up the courage to go and ask her out on a date. And in front of the entire class, she stands up and there's like 800 people in the class or something like that. It was a big class. You know, she stands up and says, Dr. Barlow, I did, I did your assignment and I got a boyfriend. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, I could just, you could just feel like 400 hearts in that room just break at that moment. You know, and so mine was one of them, and I just was like, "All right." You know, the funny thing is, she didn't stand up three weeks later when she broke up with the guy and say, "Hey, I'm available again." But you know, whatever. Anyway, so she walks through the door, and I I see her there, and I'm just stunned. And in my mind, at that very moment, I tell myself, "This is the girl you are gonna marry." Which sounds crazy now, but you know, at the time, that's it was just an it was an amazing moment, and so she comes, she sees me, she comes up to me, and she says, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" And uh, <laughs> me, being an idiot, was like, "Dr. Barlow's class, two thousand five. You sat three rows behind me." Blah 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 blah, you know. And she was just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I mean, I, I probably shouldn't have been so excited. And so we talked for a few minutes. Uh, you know, there were so many people there. She, and she was one of the roommates. She was actually the one that was the instigator of putting this party on. And so she had to kind of, uh, you know, attend to some things. But I noticed that as she went around the party, there were just guys everywhere that were just flocked around her. I mean, there was falling around. I mean, they were making absolute fools of themselves, just acting like such little, you know, such little puppy dogs falling around. I mean, it really was kind of sad to see. But, you know, I I don't know. It was one of those things where you don't want to go and just be one of the pigs in the pen, right? You want to, you know, you want to stand out. You want to, you know, kind of be different. I definitely did not want to be one of the million guys just you know, falling around her on her heels. So I turned, I turned out and around and left the party. And, uh, I kind of figured that since I knew her roommate from the, the swing dancing cl uh, club, I figured, Hey, you know, I'd talk to the roommate later and see if I couldn't, uh, you know, come and hang out and, and see her or call her or something like that. And so I, uh, I mean, it, it was just really an interesting thing. So I go home and I'm, you know, scheming about what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden my phone rings, right? And I pick it up and it's, it's the, the roommate, the girl that I know from the swing dancing club, right? Um, and so what, it, what happens is she's like, hey, you know, do you remember that girl from the, the party tonight? And I was like, uh, duh. <laughs> and, she, uh, and she says, do you want to go on a date with her? <laughs> I was like, I've wanted to go on a date with her for years. And, uh, I was afterwards, I was like, that was probably a little too, uh, little too forward. But anyways, I just couldn't believe it. her, her roommate called me and asked if I wanted to go out with her. And I was like, well, duh, absolutely. I'd love to go out with her anyway. So, uh, you know, long story short, we, uh, 
we go out on a date and had a great time and so we started spending more and more time together and uh, you know you know how dating is there's always drama but uh, you know the next year was just well, it was just heaven I I just had a great great time we spent oh my gosh so much time together almost every free moment that we that we had um, every evening we uh, we spent together talking and just getting to know each other better and it was it was awesome and so I just remember vividly one night in uh, I can't remember what month it was but it was in 2010 sometime I believe I was riding my bike I mean a poor college kid right and so I, I went to her place we'd spent the evening together it was kind of late because at BYU you don't have the have a curfew so you have, we had to go I had to go back you know, I actually no, I didn't have to go back. I had to leave her place. That's what the curfew was. I had to leave her place, so I was going home. I, I was riding my bike. I remember it was just, gosh, it was just beautiful outside. And maybe it wasn't beautiful. I don't know. Maybe I was just on cloud nine from uh, being with her. But you know, I do, I do remember it was just beautiful. The air was crisp. It was a little cold, and so I uh, was riding up two hundred. I was riding my bike up two hundred west. And I think I made a right on 700, uh, 700 north, heading towards my apartment. I used to live in the the Brown apartments, and so I was heading down the seven hundred north, and I was just about to turn left on seven hundred uh, east, and uh, and turn by these apartment complex called the Colony, and so right as I was turning at that intersection just bam out of nowhere i just felt myself crushing through this windshield of a car i mean this car came out of nowhere right and uh and i was just stunned and i'm hit, i'm crushing through the windshield all of a sudden i'm flying through the air i hit the ground i roll over and over and over and over again and i don't know i mean just before i knew what happened I was laying in the gutter on the complete opposite side of the intersection. And I am just, I don't know, I mean, I'm, you know, I didn't feel any pain at the time because I've learned that that kind of takes a few minutes to kick in, but, you know, I, I just didn't, I, I was just dazed. So I just laid there for a little bit and then I stand up and this girl had gotten out of her car. She was hysterical. You know, she was super apologetic. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were a branch that had fallen out of the tree. And uh, I was like, a branch? I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, in, you know, in the dark, it, you know, she probably was just as surprised as I was that she hit me. Um, so, I don't know. I just kind of dazed there. And, you know, fortunately, there was a police officer that was... Uh, just kind of circling the area and so he stopped came over and you know asked me what had happened and you know I just I kind of wasn't real I was kind of out of it you know I just wasn't really you know aware turns out I'd had a concussion so my brain you know I wasn't thinking clearly and so he takes statements asks what happened all this uh, this stuff anyways my bike is destroyed I mean it is just (laughs) <laughs> there's no way I'm riding that bike home. And so I needed to get home. And so, you know, I thought about who could I call to come pick me up. And uh, Juliana, it's the girl that, uh, that I met at the party. 
Um, she had a car, and so she came. I, I called her, and I said, you know, I don't know <laughs> what it is. I, in my, it's in my nature to just, first thing I do is say, how are you doing? How are things? And so I, she picked up, and I said, how's it going? And she said, oh, my gosh, I just, I just got done listening to this conference talk from Elder Uchtdorf. Um, and she went on and, you know, described it, you know, she probably talked for 10 minutes telling me all about this talk. And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Okay. You know, I probably wasn't paying the most attention just because of my situation. Anyway, so she gets done and says, how are you? And I was like, actually, I just got hit by a car and I'm wondering if you can come pick me up. And she was like, what do you mean you got hit by a car? Why didn't you stop me earlier? You know, why didn't you, why, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me that before? And I would have, uh, I would have stopped. I feel so embarrassed that I just talked for, for this long time while you got hit on the hit by a car. And so she comes and picks me up and, uh, and it's, you know, I, I was really injured a lot. Like my, you know, my, I'd hit my head. And so, you know, I had rolled over and over. So I kind of had bruised my uh, my body a little bit. I my arm, my right arm actually was swollen. You know, it was so fat. It's you know, it's like the elephant's leg. I mean, it's like holy cow, this thing is enormous. And so she picks me up, and I need to get some ice packs for everything. And so she takes me over to Macy's in Provo, and it's kind of interesting. I didn't my I I had a concussion, and so. My brain wasn't working right, and so I, I go inside to get the uh, to get the ice packs, and I come back out, and she just had this weird look on her face, and I was like, "What's the matter?" And she's like, "You just yelled at me," and I was like, "What do you mean I just yelled at you?" Yelled at you, and she was like, "I was trying to to go into the um, the store with you, and you yelled at me and said, stay in the car, I'm fine,' and I was just like, "What? I said that because I never." You know, I never am that way with anyone, let alone her. She's like, yeah, you were just super mean to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. My, I, must, I must not be thinking right. I'm super sorry. Because I didn't have any memory of this at all. Like, I mean, no memory at all. And so, you know, I, uh, you know as time goes on, you know, I get better. My arm stops, stops, stops hurting. But in the uh, next, within the next few days, what happens is, you know, my my bike is destroyed. You know, I'm in pain. I can't afford to go to the doctors because I don't have any money, right? And so I'm like, you know, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to, you know, to get around and do all this stuff? And so it dawns on me that this girl probably has car insurance that hit me. And so, of course, you know, I mean, she's been paying for car insurance for all this time, so it just makes sense that they would pay for the accident, right? So I call them up, and this super nice person gets on the phone. I think it was a guy. He was super, super nice, and uh, he's, uh, he's like, hey, man, can I record this call just so I can make sure I don't miss any details? And I was like, sure, no problem. And so he asked me all these questions, you know, about, about the accident, where it was, when it happened, you know, all these, all these, he just asked me a lot of questions, and I, a lot of them seemed like, oh, all right, okay, I'll, don't know why that matters, but, you know, okay, no problem, and so, you know, we have this, we have this long conversation, he was super nice, asked me all these questions, and I, afterwards, I hung up, and I was like, oh, fine, oh, great, everything's going to get taken care of, 
And so he says he'll call me back in a couple of days. And so a couple of days later, you know, they call back. And I was super excited because I've been, you know, wanting to take care of this. And he says, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but we're denying your claim because you were at fault for the accident. I was like, what do you mean I was at fault for the accident? She hit me. And he's like, well, you know, we've reviewed this, and you were wearing a black jacket that night, and so because of that, you were at fault for the accident. I mean, I just didn't know what to say. I mean, it's like, you're denying my claim, saying it was my fault because of the color of jacket I was wearing? That doesn't make any sense. And anyways, I mean, it's like, uh, I, didn't, there was, I didn't feel like there was anything I could do about it, and so I, I just kind of was like, fine hung up the phone, and I was just disappointed. And so, you know, I got better eventually, uh, and uh, time went on. I actually married that girl. She's just the sweetheart and love of my life. And, uh, you know, I marry her. I start and I start a few more businesses, you know, all of which failed, ironically. You know, I got laid off from my job that I had at the time, and, uh, you know, I was just... Again, I was in a bit of a funk, but I was married this time, so it was <laughs> it was better that way. And so I eventually I got offered a job as the marketing director at a law firm in Salt Lake City uh, called Siegfried and Jensen. Now, I originally I had thought that Siegfried and Jensen I didn't know anything about Siegfried and Jensen. I uh, you know, I was from Los Angeles. I hadn't really seen a lot of their advertising. As a matter of fact, I thought that Siegfried and Jensen was a jewelry company that uh, was in the Riverwoods in uh, <laughs> in Provo. I mean, it was, I had no idea what they did. And so I got a job at this place. I found out that they were personal injury attorneys. I had no idea what that meant. And so I came on to the company, and uh, I started learning about what they did. And I started hearing stories um, from people that had been in car accidents. And the more of these stories that I heard, the more I just realized hey, you know, these people have stories a lot like mine. They were in an accident. You know, their car is destroyed, damaged. They can't get to work. They're afraid. The insurance company is denying their claims for any number of reasons that, you know, a lot of them were like, really? That doesn't make any sense. That was just like me, right? And so I just started seeing that uh, my situation was not unique. You know, this was happening over and over and over and over again by the insurance company denying people's claims when they should have been paying them. And so what I realized was that I had been a victim uh, by the insurance company. They should have they should have helped me, but they didn't. They were obligated to help me, but they didn't. They had collected this girl's premiums for years promising her that if she was ever in an accident, they would pay for it. They would help out. But when it came time for that, they didn't help out. They denied my claim and left me high and dry. I didn't, I didn't know what to, what to do, right? And so what, uh, what I learned throughout this whole process was you know, insurance companies do not have your best interest at heart. You know, I was looking back, I'm disappointed that I, you know, wasn't able to get taken care of by the insurance company, but I learned a big lesson at the time. And the lesson that I learned was there are people that could have helped me. 
and those those people are personal injury attorneys like the law firm of Siegfried and Jensen they could have they could have helped me if I had known what it was and who to call they could have helped me they could have helped me with my uh, my medical situation um, I just oh man I just really wish that at the time I had known about Siegfried and Jensen and so I mean, for example, I mean, insurance companies are huge. Oh my gosh, um, they have, you know, so many employees. One po- really popular insurance company, I won't mention their name, has seventy-two thousand employees. You would definitely know who it is. Seventy-two thousand employees, and there are over four hundred attorneys on staff there. Four hundred attorneys. I mean, how could I ever have been successful going up against a company that has 72,000 employees, 400 attorneys? I mean, a lot of these, these uh, claims adjusters, I mean, they are specifically trained um, to be unhelpful, to lead you in circles, to give you what you know, I've learned is called the insurance company runaround, which basically just spins you round and round and round, waiting on hold, f- filling out paperwork, you know, getting denied, you know, filing an appeal. I mean, just so many of these tactics that they use until really you just, you give up, you get so worn out, you just can't take it anymore. You quit, you go away and just like I had done years before said, uh, that stinks. And then moved on with my life and had to take care of all of it myself. I mean, that's what they do. You know, they, uh, I mean, the interesting thing is they have to have some kind of a claims process in place. Otherwise, you're going to have people wanting a million dollars for stubbing their toe, right? But the thing is that they can't get so over the top about this that, you know, there's someone that is in dire need of help and they reject the claim when they should have paid for it, right? And so, you know, these insurance companies are just huge. There's Even if I had known... And, you know all the tricks and stuff back in the day. There's no way I could have been successful trying to fight them on my own. And so, um, you know, now that I work at Siegfried and Jensen, I see that there are options for people that were that are in that situation. You know, Siegfried and Jensen, you know, they they fight insurance companies all the time, and they have for decades. You know, I mean, they uh, they win. I think ninety uh, percent of the cases that they take up against the insurance company. 90%, that's 9 out of 10 times they come out of that uh, that situation successful where they're able to get money for the person that was injured. I mean it's just it's just amazing. I mean they've they've done almost a billion dollars in claims that they've gotten for their clients. It's it's just incredible. I really wish that back in the day I had known about Siegfried and Jensen when I was in that accident. Anyway, so that's my story. Um, it's kind of long-winded. I hope I uh, didn't bore you, but yeah, that's my story. And if you're in a situation like that, you've been in an accident. You know, you've got. You know, you were injured. I mean, even if you haven't called the insurance company and had them put you through this game that I went through. I mean, even if you haven't gotten to that point yet, just call Siegfried and Jensen just just do it don't you know don't get spun around in circles don't play the game don't get whatever yeah